hun, it's me, Danielle. I'm a licensed clinical mental health counselor, and I'm here to talk about all the ways multi-level marketing and mental health do not mix. It is important to know that this podcast is not meant to diagnose or for treatment. This podcast is based off of personal experiences and opinions, and is meant to educate and entertain. Now sit back and start healing with me on this episode of From Huns to Humans. Hey hun, welcome to this episode of From Huns to Humans, brought to you by ThriveMind. Whether you're at a crossroads with your career, wanting to scale your side hustle, or want to start a new business, there are places down the road to change where you might feel stuck and need the experienced help of someone who has been there. Enter ThriveMind. ThriveMind is both a boutique marketing company for your small business and most importantly, a coach and advocate to help you get your small business off the ground effectively and sustainably. Allie Heatherly, former Avon Hun and anti-MLM advocate, is the principal of ThriveMind and has 10 years of experience in business operations and can give you the tools to reach your goals. Visit thrivemindllc.com today to schedule your free no-commitment call to help jumpstart your side hustle, business, or career change today. That's thrivemindllc.com to make the big change today. Hi everyone, before we get started on this episode today, I wanted to just let you guys know that there is a content um, warning on this episode. Um, We do talk about some themes of drug use, um, suicidality, and um, some other violent crimes. So if you are not in the place to listen to these today, please feel free to come back when you're in a better headspace or skip this episode. Enjoy the episode. Hi, everyone. Welcome to another episode of From Huns to Humans. I am so excited today to have um, the creator, Cece Suarez, Chelsea Suarez. She is awesome. We are going to talk about her story, her mental health journey, and boundaries. Yeah, I love those boundaries. I love them too. They are my favorite and they are my favorite thing to teach to my clients and the hardest thing I have for myself. So (laughs) yes, they keep you safe and sane. Absolutely. Absolutely. Do you want to just jump right into with your story? Yeah, sure. So how far back am I going? (laughs) Oh, that's a good question. I'm the beginning. (laughs) March 20th, 1991, St. <laughs> Joseph's Memorial Hospital. Is it? Is that the name of it? And that was when you were approached by your first MLM. <laughs> <laughs> the doctor was in herbal life. No, I'm just kidding. Um, so just a quick, uh, quick synopsis. Um, so I am the youngest of four. I'm, I'm pretty close to my family. Um, closest with my brother, Julian. Um, but, uh, grew up, I mean, pretty, pretty great life growing up, um, in sixth grade, that's really where like the root of my anxiety. Um, and I was really showing like the first signs of generalized anxiety disorder and any type of depression. And what had happened was, um, I came home from my 12th birthday from school. I had my little balloons, little cupcake tin that my, you know, my friends made me and stuff. I was so excited to come home and celebrate with my family. I walked in the front door. I saw that my brother was like (laughs) face down, like laying down on like this, like chaise lounge thing that we had in the living room. And my mom opened the door because my uh, friend had dropped me off and my mom opened the door. And the first thing she said was, um, my grandma, me mom. Yeah. She's like, meme all died. I'll take this. You can go up to your room and cry. And I said, okay, what? Um, so my dad's mom had passed away. We, I had looked up to her my entire life. She's fucking iconic. Like she was absolutely amazing. Just the most fabulous human in the world had very, you know, just a, a socialite to end all socialites. Like 
one Cartier ring to rule them all. She, she was amazing. Um, did a lot of, you know, philanthropic work. She's just a fucking icon. Honestly, she had like seven bulldogs, which is my dream. Um, and she like started that obsession with my family. It's why all of us have bulldogs, but, uh, she had passed away. And then, um, for the two weeks after that, whenever I was in, uh, whenever I was in like the grocery store with my mom, my mom, like, wouldn't want me like with her when she was checking out, she's like, here's the car keys, go sit in the car. And I was like, okay, fine. I didn't want to come in here with you anyways. Like, why'd you make me come in here? And then she also, she was like, y'all can't use the computer. I mean, my brother were like, what the fuck? Like, and keep my, in my, my sister, like had just left for college and me and my brother are like, what? Like, we're not grounded. We didn't do anything wrong. What are you talking about? But we realized that the reason why was because, um, my grandfather was like all over the news and my mom didn't want us to see it yet because my mom and dad wanted to like have a family meeting with us and tell us what happened. So my grandfather, um, had remarried two weeks after my grandmother passed away again, my dad's dad. And he had remarried the woman that he had had an affair with for, uh, 30 years. He had two extra kids with her the entire time. They had another house 11 miles away, like 11 miles, like in Tampa, technically still. And, uh, they like went to the same school as my, my dad They're like 20 years apart, obviously. Um, but it was just so, so strange. And he had like a full ass double life. Um, the, he had like a whole nother name, like a, another job, like a whole nother absolute whole ass other life. And the other kids didn't know about it. We didn't know about it. Um, the uh, other woman knew about her. Her name's Hillary, uh, my step-grandmother and she, she's a nice and whatever. I mean, we, we do have relationships with her. Like we see her maybe like three or four times a year. Her kids are funny as hell. They're awesome. Um, but that's really one of the first times that I experienced anxiety and people to put it loosely, you know, making accusations, making assumptions, you know, talking shit constantly, you know, hearing things from their parents. And I feel like that's really where I started to seek like attention, um, acting promiscuously, whatever. Um, realistically, I never thought like that was like an issue. I was more so like, I'm just having fun, whatever. I'm being safe. I don't care. I'm a very sex positive person. I've always been like that. I've always always like prided myself on that. So that was never like an issue. Um, but you know, that's when I started like lying constantly, uh, to my parents, um, started, uh, which again, weed and alcohol was never an issue, but, um, started doing that at the end of eighth grade and then going into freshman year. And then, uh, right after like freshman year was just constantly, constantly grounded. I was constantly lying to my parents, always trying to sneak out dating, not great people. Uh, I was in a very abusive relationship. Didn't tell anyone the extent of the abuse. No one thought it was abusive at all. No one knew. Um, and I started uh, doing cocaine with him like a lot. And I was always trying to catch up with him. Like always like he would, you know, do three lines. I tried to do three lines. He would take this many pills. I'd try to. And it was really, I don't know, just like, just like a toxic, like just, tumultuous, like young, like love. And it wasn't love. It was just obsession and it was gross and, um, just ugh, nasty. Um, anyways, so my parents realized, okay, we need to get her out of this situation. So we're going to send you to boarding school. So they sent me to an equestrian boarding school. What's your question? What, how old were you at this point? Um, so I, so it was my freshman year. I was in high school. I was 15. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've lived a, a life. Like it's, this is basically where it starts. Okay. Um, so they sent me to an equestrian boarding school and it was in Middleburg, Virginia. It was called Frock, uh, Foxcroft school for girls. And uh, it's basically a Hogwarts take out the magic, add in horses. It was fucking beautiful. Um, I made just the best of friends there. They were awesome. Um, I realized I was bisexual there clearly, um, had like my first like <laughs> relationship, I guess is what you would call it. I was, I was telling Tony about her actually my husband. Um, I was telling him about her like six months ago, maybe I was like, Tony, I found her on Instagram and he was like, you probably shouldn't follow her. <laughs> I was like, Oh, it's like, I guess that is inappropriate, huh? And he's like, yeah, just a little bit. And I was like, okay, but look at her. <laughs> and he's like, I 
she's pretty. Uh, I was like, okay. Um, he's like, you're so weird. Uh, but it's, he's amazing. So, uh, I didn't want to be there. I wanted to be back with, you know, my friends in Tampa. I wanted to be with my, um, my boyfriend at the time. And I got myself expelled from boarding school. I was very self-destructive. I got myself expelled, um, for, uh, what's called meanness of spirit. I, I peed on a girl's toothbrush and in her shampoo and on her retainer, I pushed her up against the wall, told her to not fuck with me. And, um, I stole a hundred dollars from her, which I didn't need to do. I, ha- I had money. Um, plus I was a boarding school. I didn't need to, what was I going to pay for, but that the way I justified that I was like, well, she called me fat and I was anorexic. So she was like, that sweater makes you look really fat. And I loved the sweater I was wearing. I was wearing the sweater dress and it was a DKNY one. And I thought I was so fucking cute. This cream, like off the shoulder one. If I still had it, I would still fucking wear it. Um, I loved that. And I was like, so happy that day. And it was like one of like the first good days emotionally I had had. And she called me fat. And I remember just going instantly from like, I'm having a good day to like, I'm going to fucking destroy this person. So obviously that's not, that's not a normal reaction, but that's definitely how my, my mind worked back then. And it just wasn't good. Um, so I got expelled. My parents came and got me and I was like, I'm going to, you know, go right back to school. And, you know, in Tampa, that did not work out. Um, my, all of my friends were asking questions. All my parents' friends were asking questions because of course I posted it on Facebook because I'm an idiot. And I still, to this, this, I like never use Facebook anymore. I hate it, but I put on Facebook, just got expelled from boarding school, like a badass. And I look back at that and I'm like, you fucking cringy asshole. Like you are so annoying. Um, Oh my God. It's absolutely cringy. So uh, that happens. Uh, Remember my mom took me down to their beach house in Boca Grande and we stayed there for a week together and we were sitting on the couch. We were watching a movie and we'd been playing tennis together all week. And my mom's really good at tennis. Almost everyone in my family is really good at it. And she, uh, we had like been playing that. And I was like, Hey, when we get back to Tampa, like, can we play at like the courts at like the country club or like the courts by your house? And she was like really silent. And I was like, I'm going to take that as a no. Okay. And she was like, do you think you need help? And I started bawling crying and I was like, yes. And she said, okay, because tomorrow we're going back to Tampa and you, me and dad, are flying to Las Vegas. And then we're going to drive you to a place called second nature and Trotta. And you are going to basically be out in the woods and work on yourself and figure out what's going to happen. And like, like you're going to get the help that you need. And I was like, okay, well for how long? And she said, as long as it takes. So I still, to this day, hold the record for the person that was there the longest. Um, I was there for six months. The average stay is six to eight weeks. And I was there for six months. So it was, it was when she said, as long as it takes, it meant is like, you basically decide how long you're going to be there, which is true. Cause I was so stubborn. I was trying to work the system. I was just being a little asshole. I was lying about everything still. Um, you're stubborn. Yeah. I never would have noticed that about you. <laughs> really? Yeah. And I mean, I, I I'm was, oh, okay. <laughs> sorry, you don't know me that well yet. <laughs> uh, you got me. Um, yeah, no, I, I very, very, you're absolutely right. I very much so am. I, I wouldn't, I wouldn't so much say it was me being stubborn back then. I would more so say it was me being in denial yeah. and having my own skewed perception of reality. And that was really, that was really hard to get out of. And it was, um, it was really a defense mechanism, you know, putting up this wall and this other version of myself. And we called it fake Chelsea and real Chelsea and having that 
like I, it's literally a different voice. Like my voice changes. It's really, it's really fucking weird. Um, and I, I never like noticed that I would do that. And then they finally, you know, would call me out on it. And it was just honestly really helpful, obviously, but it was really, really hard to get out of that. And to, you know, do the work and realize, oh, the reason why I do this is because of, you know, the trauma that I've been through and, um, actually, you know, cutting that down and cutting through it and being like, oh, this wasn't some like Romeo and Juliet relationship I was in. He was abusive. He, you know, he raped me. He was, you know, horrible to me. He was like Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde when he was on drugs. And he like, wouldn't remember what he would do to me. Like he would black out when he was on Coke and pills and stuff. So it was, it, it was crazy. And then I was like, oh, well, that's not him. Like I want to fix him. And I almost OD'd one time with him and he, it was fucking crazy. But um, yeah, so I, I did that. I was there for six months. Um, and then I, after that went to a residential treatment center afterwards, also known as a step down program, um, which ever since Paris Hilton's documentary came out, everyone's like, oh my God, was that your experience? I was like, I had a great experience. I went to um, a very good place and the place she went to was horrible. There were a few other places that I'm hoping she's going to highlight in her new podcast um, that are absolutely awful. Uh, One of my, one of my friends actually, or two of them went to the place she went to and my parents visited that place and they were like, this is this place is horrible. Um, so I think that's a a huge thing too, that people need to realize, like, if you're going to send your kids somewhere, you need to go there and like, see what it's about. And her parents never did that, which is insane to me. Yeah. Um, I, when you first said that you went to the place in, um, Provo, Utah. Yeah. I I was in Mapleton, but Provo's right next door to Mapleton. Mapleton's like Uh, four blocks. Yeah. When you said you went there, I was like, oh no, like I've heard so many horror. Well, I don't know the specific one you went to, but I've heard so many horror stories about wilderness programs. Oh no. My, mine was, mine was great. I mean, that's I, really good. That's yeah. Really and good. the funny thing is, is that one of the ones that she ran away from, cause she went to like four of them, but one of the ones that she tried to run away from was the one of the ones that I went to, um, she actually holds the record for being there the shortest amount of time. Cause she ran away from it. And then her parents came and got her and put her somewhere else. Um, but yeah, so, I mean, you have to, to be able to receive the help you have to actually want it. And I was in denial for a long time and I didn't want it. And then finally I did. Um, so yeah, it was at the other place for uh, a year and, uh, really that really helped me as well. Um, you know, getting more into, you know, my anxiety and doing, um, you know, DBT therapy and, um, equine therapy. I've always loved riding horses. I did English, uh, style when I was here at home. And then I did Western out there, which I love even more. Cause it's obviously just a lot more relaxed and fun, but, um, it was amazing. I got to really address issues with, um, my eating disorder, uh, with self-harm, with anxiety, with depression, with, um, just a, a bunch of stuff. So did that came home, uh, six months after I came home, the abusive boyfriend I had, uh, died of a drug overdose. Uh, that was, we were dating at the time. Cause of course we got back together. Um, I've, you know, never, never done coke or pills ever since, um, ever since I came home or ever since I left, I guess, for rehab, um, actually just had my 16 years sober. Congratulations. Uh, past, thank you. Um, this past August, which is funny. I always have just completely idiotic people in my comment sections that are like, you're not, are you drink wine? And I'm like, go fuck yourself. That was never an issue for me. So yeah. It's sober you, means something different for lots of for people. everyone. Yeah. And recovery means something different for everyone as well. So right. those people are dumb. Um, I'm sure they're fun at parties though. So, uh, that, so, <laughs> so, uh, yeah, so that happened. That was, um, that, that was really rough for me, but I think, I think that that was really, I, I never want to say like, Oh, someone else's death was like a test for me, but I really think that was a turning point and a big, my, my parents were really worried. They were like, Oh fuck. Like she's going to like, this is going to ruin her. Um, we, we all knew that he was, he, he I, I never thought he was going to live past like 25. 
none of us did, but we didn't think it was going to happen so soon after I came home. Um, so it was really hard. Um, you know, having someone that you're trying to help and someone that you're trying to keep sober die of a drug drug overdose and feeling like it's your fault, but I know it wasn't my fault. And, um, yeah, so I, you know, got a lot closer to God and just, you know, trusted my, my faith. And I was like, I'm, I can't be one of these people that just isn't a success story because there's a lot of people in Tampa uh, around my age and around that same time that, you know, got sent off to treatment and some of them came home and died. Some of them, um, you know, because of drugs, um, some of them unalive themselves, other ones are just complete dirt bags. And then there's like two of us that are successful, um, humans. Um, so yeah, I finished, uh, finished high school, uh, met my husband at the end of my senior year of high school and we were both 19 and instantly fell in love with him, forced him to date me, not in that order. Um, and yeah, uh, that's basically it. And then, um, when I did, I was about to say I did college. Um, I, I was working part, I was always working. I was working part-time, but then also, um, in school part-time for a psychology degree with a minor in just business administration. But then I realized, you know, I'm in sales. I need to be able to work full-time so I can actually make a lot more money. And then I was like, I, I'm going to be in sales for the rest of my life. I was like, I know that's what I'm going to do. That's how I'm going to make the most money. I have the personality for it. I'm really good at it. So I'm just going to do that and fuck school. So, (laughs) so I, I dropped out actually. Yeah. I dropped out like mid semester. So technically I failed those classes and I was asked to, um, kindly not return to that school. So (laughs) that actually happened twice to me. So, you know, I've just failed out of college twice, which I don't care. Um, it was my choice. So that happened. And I just kept working in sales. Um, like most people in sales just jumped around from, you know, a better job to a better job, better comp plan, better comp plan. Um, and in 2016, started my YouTube channel, wanted to start it in 2011, like most people, but didn't. So I was scared. And I was actually going through like a really deep depression at that time. Um, cause I had been let go from like one of my favorite employers I've ever had. My sister worked there two of my best friends worked there my brother and his now wife worked there too. So there's a fuck ton of us worked there. It was like my second home. It was amazing. Got let go from there along with a bunch of other people, like 50% of the company. It was awful. Um, got a great severance. So I didn't have to work for like six months and we had just gotten married. We were living in my parents' guest house, not needing to pay rent. It was awesome. So my husband was like, why don't you just chill for a while? You're good. Like you don't need to work. I was like, okay. So I didn't. And I started my YouTube channel and I was doing like beauty and lifestyle and, you know, talking about mental health here and there. Um, I've always added in like my commentary. I, 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 I can't not talk. I can't shut up as always, but I did my first commentary video like a year after that. And it's still actually both of them are still like the, the highest, some of the highest viewed videos on my channel, um, where I was calling out a scammer. Um, I wanted like the original drama channels. I was calling him out as a scammer, basically saying like the shit that he was saying isn't true. And, um, his makeup brand is absolute garbage and he's a weasel essentially. Um, so did that, that got a lot of views. I should have stuck with commentary, but I didn't went back to getting no views with beauty and lifestyle content. Um, then 2019, 2020, uh, 20, yeah, 2020, I start, I was, um, let go again, along with everyone else in the world. Right. Um, from again, another great sales job that I loved so much, but because of COVID. So, um, got, sent home, even though I was already working from home. Uh, so was just hanging out doing like every household chore I could to like make myself feel like I'm contributing to the household. Didn't get depressed. Very proud of myself. Um, went a little sad here and there, but, um, started like falling down every rabbit hole with like cults and stuff. Um, started watching Leah Remini's like aftermath, uh, series loved that so much. And 
then fell down the anti-MLM rabbit hole. I saw so many people posting about Monate and I was like, this is such a dog shit. You're not an influencer. You don't know what you're talking about. Like, this is stupid. Did a bunch of research on it, made my deep dive video on it, which is my first, um, you know, like commentary anti-MLM video and got such a great response over the next two months. I was like, all right, I'm all in. This is what I have to do. Like, I have to keep have to keep talking about it. You know, I do have that sales background. I do have, you know, a lot of experience with psychology and mental health and therapy. So, and also just doing affiliate marketing and um, yeah, I just thought I was a, a good voice for it and someone that can't shut up about it. So I kept going. That was in July, 2020. And then by February 17th, yeah. So in, in uh, about a week, um, I decided to go full-time uh, with YouTube and it has been my full-time job for almost a year. That's crazy. Yeah. It's amazing. It's life-changing. I'm obsessed with it, clearly passionate for it. And uh, to date, I stopped counting, but I stopped counting after 20,000, but I have like a, an Excel sheet, and like a formula and shit. And I just, every time someone tells me that I helped get them out of you know, a company or, um, something like that. I, you know, do a little, a little tick, uh, for it. And I've helped over 20,000 people get out of, um, commercial cults, meaning MLMs or a cult like Jehovah's witness. Wow. That's uh, awesome. And those are just the people who have told me. So yeah, Roberta told me to, um, keep track of it and be proud of it. And I was like, okay, I will. (laughs) Yeah. Wow. That, that was some story. Yeah. It's a lot. It's like, I am a, I'm like an onion. I got layers or a parfait. Parfaits have layers too. Yeah. And I don't know that I've heard your MLM story, which is relatively small compared to some girl. It's nothing. That's why whenever people are like, which one were you in? I was like, I wasn't like, I, I really, I really wasn't. That's why whenever they're like, you're just jealous because you didn't make it. And it's like, bitch, I never tried. Shut up. Um, I, I just- feel like if you, if you did try, like you, you do have like the personality to you. I feel like you would have probably been able to climb quickly. Yeah. If I had no soul, then sure. Yeah. Yeah. If you um, had no soul. <laughs> but, but over, um, so over the past 10 years, I have joined three MLMs lime. No, wait, that was the most recent one. Um, it was Chloe and Isabella jewelry one, uh, lime life, a makeup one or limelight, whatever the hell the name is now. And then Rodan and fields, obviously skincare. And I quit each of them and got a refund within 72 hours of joining because I listened to my gut and I just knew something was off and something was wrong. And I didn't have, I had no interest in doing it. So it was, I also didn't realize when you were telling your story, um, you were talking about like the comp plans in, um, like sales. And I didn't realize Mm -hmm. that was like a legit term that MLMs. Yeah. There's, there's a lot of, I mean, being a distributor for an, you know, a multi-level marketing company, you're a sales rep, you know, that that's what you are. So there, there's a lot of overlap there. And when, you know, I entered this sub genre or sub category of commentary, there wasn't really I feel like anyone who had that to, to bring to the table, you know, there's, um, you know, is, uh, Isabella who has, you know, just, you know, marketing and, you know, influencer information out, out the ass. And then, you know, Deanna with military and, you know, psychology as well. And, um, you know, fitness and stuff and like beach body and all that. And then, you know, a bunch of others, but I felt like no one had had like the, or at least that I knew of at the time. Um, had that, you know, vast knowledge with like sales tactics. And then that roped in with the uh, manipulation. And a lot of people are not the manipulation, but like when it comes to psychology, manipulation, communication, things like that. Um, and what a, one thing a lot of people don't realize, cause they're like, oh, well, do you have a degree in that? And it's like, well, no baby, I've lived it. And a lot of people don't realize that the best way to go through therapy with things and, you know, talk therapy and stuff is to learn about all of this, you know, how do I know so much about certain different types of drugs and what they do and all this and that, because that's what they, they teach you so that you don't do it. So, you know, how dangerous it is, you know, when you're learning about, you know, 
not to manipulate people. You learn about different types of manipulation. And so that when you go home and you go back to, you know, normal life, you know what to avoid. You can recognize certain things and you can, you know, take care of yourself and create those boundaries and know what is healthy and unhealthy and stuff like that. And so I just think it's funny whenever anyone's like, oh, well, you don't have a background in this. And it's like, I actually do. <laughs> yeah, no. And like, I don't like it when people try to say that you don't have like two legs to stand on when you have a lived experience. Like you absolutely do. And like, that's the whole, like we wouldn't have like psychology if no one talked about their problems. You know what I mean? Like there wouldn't be a point of having mental health counselors if nobody like shared their stories and were able to grow from it. Like that's the point. (laughs) Yeah. Um, Let's talk about boundaries my favorite, my favorite um, fucking topic. Yeah. I, I feel like you are the boundary queen in the MLM community. I always see in your stories, you know, people will try to like, be like, will you meet up with me in Tampa? Or will you like do this or that? And you're always like, no, <laughs> absolutely not boundaries, please. Um, I, and don't get me wrong. You know, if, um, if I, I I've had like a few subscriber, encounters and I, I love it. It's awesome. It's such a cool experience. It's really great. Um, however, there are people who were like, Oh my God, I'm in Tampa. Like, can we be friends? Or I had someone that had been leaving the weirdest comments on my YouTube channel and they, they, it was just like, they like loved me one minute and it was just very like unstable. They would like love me. And then they would just be like really vile and rude. And I had seen that they were saying some of the same shit to other creators. And I was like, I don't fuck with that. So I hid their comments from my channel. So they can comment all they want into the void. I won't see it. And that's fine. Um, and they started DMing me a bunch and saying like some, some like, oh, I really need to make friends. Or like I had posted a selfie of like me and a few of my girlfriends out at dinner. We always take like the same selfie in the same spot in the women's bathroom of one of our favorite restaurants. <laughs> And it was just a bunch of us like celebrating one of them, like doing a birthday dinner or something. And we all looked just so beautiful and done up and everything. And uh, this girl was like, oh my God, I'd love to make friends. And I was like, cool. And she's like, yeah, I'm, I'm about to move to, um, to Sarasota. And I was like, awesome. I'm sure they have like some like social groups or something that you could, you know, be a part of or join. And she's like, so you don't want to be my friend. And I was like, I was like, no, I boundaries. I don't, I don't do that. And she's like, I'm not weird. I promise. I, you know, I'm confined to, I guess she was like, I'm confined to a wheelchair confined to my house. And I'm like, okay, that, that is, that has nothing to do with this conversation. I have like very strict boundaries and for like safety and privacy uh, purposes, I keep this separate. Like I, I don't, I don't do that. Make your own friends. I like, that's it. Um, and she, she just kept going and she's like, so you will never be friends. Subscribers are like yelling at me, you know, took everything in me not to be like, well, fucking now I won't <laughs> like, what are you doing? <laughs> um, but no, I was just like, no hard, hard. No. And then finally I blocked her. I was like, I'm not, I I'm not entertaining that like, no, thank you. And I think it's, it's interesting. Um, like, you know, recently as as you grow and there are some bigger creators too, who have I don't want to say warned me about this, but kind of told me about this too. They're like, listen, 50 K 50,000 subscribers is a sweet spot. Once you get over that, people find you, people hate you. It gets real messy. And I was just like, fuck. Okay. Cause like, they told me that. And I was like, right at 50,000. I was like, no, like, what do I do now? Uh, and I'm almost at 60,000 now. And it's, I definitely understand what they're saying now. Um, so there have been like a few hate videos and stuff coming out about me. And I, I know I'm not a bad person. I know I'm a good person. I don't have skeletons in my closet. Like they can take things out of context that one person was like, she, you know, calls herself a trophy wife. And I'm like, yeah, because I'm hot. Duh. But it's a weird, weird thing to hate me for, but okay. Um, and then just other random dumb shit too. But it's I'm I'm not going to watch any of that. Like I don't need to. As a creator, it's not good for your mental health. Don't seek out hate threads. Don't seek out, you know, videos that are not going to benefit you at all, like watching them, like your mental health. Um, and I had posted something about it. I was like, guys, don't send me those. I'm not gonna watch them. 
I'm not like, I'm not going to be drama baited. That's a big thing too. That's been happening. Not going to be drama baited. Why the hell would I do a reaction video to just a video of someone talking shit about me? Essentially not going to do that. I had a, I don't want to say a good amount, but like 10 people out of like 26,000, right? I had 10 people message me back and be like, this is really concerning, you know, paraphrasing here, but you know, you talk about, um, you know, the MLM girls being in an echo chamber, but aren't you creating an echo chamber? And I'm like, listen, the difference is I like, I know that I have people around me who are going to call me on shit. If I'm being shitty, I have people who respect me enough. And that I have great relationships with that aren't transactional. They don't just praise me for no reason, right? Like they're going to call me out on something and they're going to do it in a way that one, I'm going to respect them. And two, it's, it's going to be like, they're going to educate me. They're not just going to be like, this is toxic, blah, blah. They're going to say, Hey, just so you know, this is the problem with this, you know, maybe look at this instead. They're going to send me like resources too. And it's happened, you know, once or twice where someone has said something, I'm like, Hey, how can I be a better ally? Like, how should I phrase this instead? And they've said like, Holy shit. I love that you actually took that constructive feedback. So constructive feedback And that's why I call it constructive feedback, not constructive criticism, because criticism has a negative connotation. And that's just me being a psycho with my, with my verbiage. But um, yeah, it's, there's a complete difference there. And that's one of my hard boundaries. I'm not going to watch that shit. I'm going to block those people. Um, A lot of times they'll want you to engage. They'll want you to comment. And I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Um, And we had talked previously, and I had mentioned on a live stream, even before we got on this, you know, I had someone who um, had said on there, like, Oh my God, I love you. Like you should do this and that. And I put their message up on the screen. I was like, that's weird. Cause you like, you had had me blocked for a while. Um, I was like, but that's, I was like, it's fine. I was like, I don't, I don't need to, yeah, I don't need to be friends with you. It's okay. And that was me being assertive, but a lot of times, as I'm sure you're aware, and many people are when a female is assertive, it can be seen as being a mean girl. And I'm just talking like this. I have, you know, no, I'm not being passive. I'm not being aggressive. I am being very assertive. And I do pride myself on that. That shit is on my resume. (laughs) I am very assertive, very punctual. (laughs) Like I am very, I'm very strict with that with myself. And I just think it's really interesting when, you know, they can take me saying, I, I have no, I literally will say, I have no beef with you. I have no problem with you. And instead of saying, but, or however, just, and I don't need to engage with you. I don't need to have a professional relationship with you. I, I don't need to talk to you. Like I don't no, no, thank you. Um, hard boundary. And now, you know, (laughs) before that live stream was even over, you know, that person had gone and made all these accusations saying that I said this and that, and this, and I'm like, the fuck people can just, people can just go watch the live stream girl. They can see what happened. Like, that's not what happened at all. It's very strange. So I'm very, um, very hard on my boundaries, not only to protect my sanity, but to protect me, um, to protect my husband's. And, um, I mean, those, that's, those are the two things that I'm really the most protective of ever is, you know, me and, and my husband, I will go to the ends of the earth for that man. But I, I don't like people disrespecting us, our marriage. You could talk shit about me all day long, but you're, what you're not going to do is call him an average ass man in a video when I know that man is not even a 10, he is a 15. Um, <laughs> but <laughs> enough of me hyping up my husband. Um, yeah, it's just, it, it's very interesting that, um, you know, just because people will, will take, you know, someone's boundaries personally. And it's like, no, it, it doesn't really have anything to do with you. It has everything to do with me, not you. So I think it's a hard thing for people to understand. And that's my biggest advice to every creator is you don't have to answer every DM. You don't like people are not entitled to access to you at all. Right. Um, and that's applicable to anyone, not just creators too. Like, yeah, you don't have to answer everything. You don't have to answer everything right this minute. You don't have to answer anything ever. Mm -mm. And I think that people sometimes think that not answering means like you're being snubbed or something, but like Sometimes like it can mean so many things. It can mean a boundary or it could just mean, I mean, I guess this is still a boundary technically, but like sometimes like you look at your phone, but you're in the middle of doing something else. So maybe you like double tap whatever the message is and 
maybe you think, oh, I'll go back to this later. Or you'll think, oh, this double tap is sufficient enough of an answer. Yeah, I I, th- I do that quite often. But then also it's like, um, I, <laughs> this was so weird. Uh, this was definitely a learning curve for me too, as, you know, growing as a creator of, like we just said, you know, I, I don't have to answer everything. That was, that was hard for me. And Tony reminds me of that all the time. He's like, you don't have to engage. You don't have to react. Just and move on. It's going to be better for you. And I was like, ugh, you're right. Once again, um, which is really hard for me to admit when he, when he's right, because we're very competitive with each other. Um, but it's also, I would have people, um, uh, you know, not explaining, like not understanding that I don't owe anyone an explanation. Like having people who are, are like, oh my God, I'm sorry. I annoyed you. If like, I don't answer and they've sent me 75 DMS. I'm like, I don't, I don't have time to sit here and read through all these and answer all these DMS. Like, yeah, I, I look at them and they're funny and, you know, I appreciate them and they're great, but it's like, I don't have the time I get at least 500 DMS a day. If I was to go through, it is terrifying and exhausting. And it does give me a lot of anxiety because that badge, that notification badge that I have a DM gives me so much anxiety. So what I will do is I will click on all of them really fast. And I don't know why this bothers me so much, but it's, I think it's the idea of having something like unresolved. I'm the type of person that my phone is always on silent. Um, I never have any notifications on. I almost lost my shit the other day because I, I don't know why my Apple watch is doing this lately or Instagram is like sending notifications to my Apple watch. So I had in my AirPods and obviously it's, you know, synced to this and to my phone at the same time. And I was working out and it was like notification from Instagram, blah, 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 followed Wiggum gone wild. And I'm like, why is Instagram telling me that someone followed my dog's Instagram? Like what? Like I've turned off all notifications. Like I, got so anxious. And I looked at Tony and he's like, what is wrong with you? And I was like, up the weight, I'm about to lose my shit. He's like, okay. All right. Um, thank God it's he was there. so weird. I don't understand why that happens either. Cause I have my notifications turned off on my dog's account and I still get notifications all the time. And I get banner notifications all the time. And I'm like, why? I hate it so much. So what I've had to do is I've had to go into each account that I have. Cause you know, I have my, my old, like personal one that's private. I don't let anyone follow me on it. I haven't posted on it in four years probably, but I I still have it. Um, and then I have, you know, Wiggum's account. I have the one for, you know, down a rabbit hole, my podcast. And then, then I have like one Snoopy one. Um, and (laughs) I just want, um, and right. Yeah. Just one. And then like my own one. So I've realized that what I have to do is go into each of those accounts go into the notifications for each one and like change it to like, never, like never alert me, never alert me and go and do it's so annoying. And it makes me want to throw my brand new phone across the gym. Yeah. Yeah. There's nothing worse than having your boundaries caught crossed during a lifting session. Girl. I hate it. Um, yeah, that's, I mean, I, like I said, I, I love having people, you know, come up to me and like say hi to me or whatever. I have had a few people who were like, Hey, I saw you at the gym the other day, but like, I know I don't want people to say hi to me at the gym. So I, like, I decided like, if I see you like on my way in or on my way out and like, you're on your way out, or like, if you're like walking through the, um, the locker room, like I'll say hi. And I'm like, I love that. I appreciate that so much. Like i that's my jam. I was like, that's, that is etiquette right there. It's like, that's perfect. Like, don't come up to me, like me and Tony and our other friend, Chris, who works out with us while we're fucking doing a, a burnout as he calls it. I don't know if that's like normal gym terminology. Um, cause we're doing a fucking burnout and, or like wanting to kill each other because we all three committed to doing like 50 flights of stairs on the stairmaster to end our workout. I don't know why the fuck we do that sometimes, but like, don't come up to us then that's weird but yeah it's I, I i feel like people who like people who know like know you air quotes there and like respect you understand that like they'll have that like kind of like hesitancy but then there's people who are like we have to be best friends and i'm like 
block. No, thanks. <laughs> Goodbye. <laughs> so I'm, I'm very firm on that. A lot of people don't like it. I, I don't care. I've always said, I'm going to be true to myself. Yes. I will grow and learn as a human, but I'm never going to change. No. And like, that's your right to have as firm or as loose boundaries as you want. Um, and I think that people forget that sometimes that we don't just have automatic access to people. And just because like, for instance, for creators, like just because two creators are creators doesn't mean automatically that you're going to be best friends or that you're automatically going to collab together mm -hmm. or anything. Like you still need to organically build that relationship, which can be yeah. very hard. It's hard to make friends to the internet sometimes, especially when you're snarky or sarcastic. Um, <laughs> like I have a weird sense of humor. So I'm always like nervous to just start off texting someone and I'm just like, no one's going to understand me. <laughs> oh no, I, I, I definitely get that. I, then that's why I feel like sometimes I'll do voice notes and I'll, I, I will apologize first. I'm like, I'm so sorry for sending you a voice note. <laughs> I'm not trying to be an MLM girl here, but, but, but Hey girl. Um, yeah, I, I feel like that like captures my personality more and it's just faster too. I mean, I'm typing and editing and, you know, doing research and shit all day. So I'm just like, I, no, I don't want to type and also like claws, but yeah. 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 Um, I agree. I, I also have the same cringy reaction to voice memos. Like whenever I first message someone with a voice memo and I'm like, I'm so sorry. Like, this is not a Hey girl message, but, hi. but also <laughs> Hey girl. All right. Is there anything else that we should cover about boundaries before we wrap up for today? Um, I don't, I don't know. I think, um, I, I think it's important to understand, um, I, I think I already said this, but, um, someone, someone setting boundaries, they're not necessarily setting boundaries, you know, with you or because of something you did. Like I said, it, it has so much more to do with them than it does with you. Um, you know, I, I'm very happy that I started, you know, being firm with that before I even, you know, became a creator. I, we started doing that after our wedding because there was, I don't want to say drama, but there were a lot of things that uh, my husband and I sacrificed, um, and, you know, not putting each other first, which was not detrimental to our relationship, but we saw that it was like just annoying in general, of course, with any marriage, it's, uh, you need to put each other first. You're a team. And I think that's really important. And so we started you know, calling each other the selfish Suarez's and now like our, our friends call us that too, because they'll sometimes we'll go to like an event and they're like, damn, surprise, surprise you're here. Because a lot of times we'll just be like, nah, we're, we're not going to that. We're going to stay home and hang out. Or like, no, we're going to go see a movie together instead. Like bye. And so it's, it's important to, you know, not only for your own mental health as a creator and your safety, I don't know who you are don't be coming to my house. Don't stab me. Like, no, thank you. Um, I'm very thankful for all my followers. Love them. But, um, I, I think it's, it sets that boundary and it also teaches other people to have boundaries too. No is a full sentence. I think that's, that's what we can leave it on. No is a full sentence. Absolutely. Especially because in MLM, they teach you that no means maybe later. So how rapey is that? My God. No means, no means absolutely fucking not. That's what no exactly. means. Oh, so gross. So gross. Mm -hmm. Anyways, so my end of podcast question is, um, what is your anti-MLM why? <laughs> Reminds me of Jessica Hickson saying that she used to have to talk about her why until she cried when she was in It Works. Yep. So fucking cringy. Um, my anti MLM. Why? Yeah. You don't have um, to cry about it though. I will cry right now. How dare you? Um, <laughs> I, I think, um, I don't want to say like empowering women. Um, I, I really think it's more so, uh, hmm. Hmm. Um, so I would say my anti MLM why and why I make this content and keep fucking going 
is to not only educate, but protect, um, not only women, but individuals from being taken advantage of, and not only from being manipulated, but becoming a manipulator, which happens to most of them, majority of them, um, without them even knowing it. And I think that's very harmful, um, especially when you're not aware that you're doing something. So, um, I think that as a whole, I mean, that's an, an umbrella, um, as well. And we could just go off on a billion tangents under that, but I think, um, protecting, protecting and educating, and it, it can really bleed into your personal life too. You know, if I'm, you know, calling out red flags about certain things with MLMs, it can also help you get out of a religious cult that you're in, which I actually just interviewed someone for, for my podcast about that. And I, I asked her, what, what was your moment? Like, what made you get out? And she's like, uh, you, I was like, what, <laughs> excuse me. That's cool. I cried. Um, so yeah, it's, I think it's, it's more than just what we're doing. I think the educating on manipulation tactics is really my, my why. That's, that's awesome. And I agree. Well, thank you so much for sharing and like being so vulnerable with all of us. And like, it really means a lot. And I think it's really important and powerful for us to like share our stories and like where we came from and how we got here and why we're so passionate and why mental health is so important and just all the things. So I'm really, really thankful. Um, On the off chance that somebody from my podcast is not heard of you or following you and especially your new podcast I think that everyone needs to know about that um yes so I am Chelsea Suarez also known as I am CC Suarez across all social media um I you can find me on YouTube under CC Suarez I'm on there as well and then also my new podcast the Down a Rabbit Hole podcast with CC Suarez is available on my YouTube channel. I have a, a playlist for that. And then also on Google Podcasts, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts as well. Awesome. Thank you guys so much for listening and we'll catch you next time. Bye.